0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 mg at kislqi.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 mg at kislqi.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: listening to any given sunday the saturday version for saturday february 2nd 2019 i am your host manny brown what's up everybody hopefully you guys had a happy safe blessed week the big game is finally here super bowl weekend is upon us and this is the first of two shows our normal Sunday show, I moved to today because, um, I knew we were doing a Super Bowl postgame show. So, um, our normal Sunday episode I'm doing right now. Um, so you guys lucked out. You guys get a double dose of, uh, of, uh, any given Sunday this weekend. So I'll try not to get on y'all's nerves by, uh, tomorrow night. I'll try. I'll try. All right. That's the plan. <laughs> but I am joined today by a, a former guest of the show. He joined us back in August when we were technical foul, uh, to, preview the 2018 NFL season, so I figured what better way to than have him on and to preview the Super Bowl that's upcoming and tomorrow night and to get into free agency and a draft and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, Mr. Anthony Servino, of course, he is the co-host of the Fantasy Football Face-Off, very popular, very awesome, if I may say so myself. Uh, Fantasy Football Podcast is available anywhere, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, anywhere where you can find podcasts it's available there. He's also a senior writer for the Gridiron Experts. He's also a beat writer for the NFC South. He He also does some fantasy football over at Fantasy Pros. Uh, Well-versed, well-talented, knows his stuff. He's plugged in. Mr. Anthony Servino, how you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course, man. We've had you on the show before back in the uh, technical foul days, but uh, it's good to have you now here on this show. Um, How's everything? How's the show? How's business? How's everything?
0: Good, busy, you know, even though the Super Bowl is, is really the last NFL game of the year. You know, I go year-round. I cover the NFL draft, free agency, dynasty, fantasy, football. I, you know, I'm a year-round NFL guy.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So we figured this was the perfect time to have you on because it is the Super Bowl, Super Bowl weekend, of course. And uh, we got a lot of storylines and a lot of things to cover. So let's just uh, let's jump right into it. So uh, – I I I was talking to a couple friends of mine offline. um, That this I can't remember a Super Bowl that didn't really have a lot of buzz like this Super Bowl. I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like the super the buzz for this Super Bowl and it and it varies from year to year. Some years have more than others, but this year for some reason it just doesn't feel like it has the same buzz as a Super Bowl. Are you are you are you with me on that, or are you kind of just uh, are not seeing that? Yeah, it does seem to have a
0: little bit less hype going into it. Uh, I, I know at, during a, a, a AFC and NFC Championship weekend, I was saying that the matchups I wanted, I either wanted Chiefs, Rams, or Patriots, Breeze. I think mm-hmm. they were the sexier matchups. And uh, once I started digging into this one, and it's a rematch of Brady's first Super Bowl, this could be his last, I think there was a lot uh, to be excited about But yeah, you're right about uh, a little bit of a lack of
1: hype. Yeah, I, I think it's a, and I also think it's a little bit of patriot fatigue too. I think it's also patriot fatigue. It's like you know, it's what it's the third straight year. Um, that they've been in, and of course they've, you know, going back to 2001. This is the what the ninth appearance. So it, Night it's time. yeah, it's ninth appearance. So I think there's a little bit of Patriot fatigue. It's like okay, already enough. We've, you know, it's so many. It's only so many media days and so many storylines that you can that you can churn out there to get you excited about the Patriots being in another Super Bowl. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I just haven't been. I mean, I almost. I mean, I I. I Honest to God, forgot the Super Bowl was this Sunday. Like, I just kind of like, oh, shoot, the Super Bowl was this Sunday. Like, it was just kind of like, yeah, that's right. Like, the big game, the the sporting event of the year is on Sunday, and it's like it's just kind of crept up on us. So, um, but, yeah, let's just get into the game. Um, you know, like you said, it's just the, it's a rematch of, uh, I forget the damn numbers, but, you know, Patriots' first Super Bowl. Um, I think it was 2001 or yeah, two. Yeah, it was 2002, so it was the 2001 season. I forget the Super Bowl. I want to say Super Bowl 34 but I'm not sure. I yeah, I, no, two I think it was Super Bowl 33 maybe. I I lose count of the numbers. But yeah, so it was a rematch of the uh Rams Patriots Super Bowl from uh 2002. Um I've been telling people, just kind of people that have been asking me, work and friends and stuff, and even on the podcast, you know, keys to the game and and whatnot. What what are your keys to the game? What do you think that how this game is going to play out for you? How do you see this game unfolding? What do you see the keys for both sides as far as you know? If the Rams do this or if the Patriots do this, they'll win.
0: You know, I think on the Patriots' side, uh, they have to do what they've been doing, really, uh, for the two other games in the playoffs. And they are running the ball down uh, teams' throats. And they are also utilizing James White out of the backfield. So they have three running backs right now, uh, where James White has 19 catches in two games. And then you have Rex Burkhead and Sony Michelle. They have eight combined touchdowns uh, in the two playoff games. I-, I think they need to attack the Rams, uh, the middle of their defense, and I know that's the Rams' strength with Aaron Donald and Dama Kingsu, but on the Patriots' end, their two best offensive linemen are, are their center, uh, uh, Andrews, I'm drawing a blank with his first name, and also Shaq Mason. So I, I think you have to go strength on strength and continue to run the ball because if you can break that first layer of defense, I, I think if you can get to that second level, uh, there, there are big plays to be had on the Rams. And also, even if the Patriots are getting stopped, they have to continue running the ball and commit to the run because that, of course, opens up the play-action pass. If you allow this game to be one dimensional and the Rams can pin back their ears and rush to pass, or it could be a long game for the Patriots. And then on the other side for the Rams, I think the key for the game to them is, is to also commit to the run because we've seen this a few times, especially in the, in the Rams losses to where if they're trailing, they seem to kind of abandon the run a little bit and, and make Jared Goff kind throw the ball a ton. And that doesn't usually work well in Jared Goff's favor. He very much needs that running game uh, and a passing game balance uh, for them to be uh, successful.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I agree with that. I, you know, a matter of fact, I think that when the Rams went through that, that, that stretch where they weren't playing so well, um, kind of late in the year, I know the last kind of two or three games they kind of – picked it back up, but you know, they really went through that stretch there, you know, late November going into December where they weren't playing well. And I think a lot of that had to do with Gurley being hurt, but they just their their lack of commitment to the run. And I think that really hurt them. And I think that when they started playing well into the postseason, they started committing back to the run. A lot of that had to do with CJ Anderson coming on. But, you know, I, I agree with you on that. I also agree with you. I, I also would say that I think for me, for the Rams to win this game, they're gonna have to get to Brady. I mean they're just gonna have to get to Brady. I mean there's no C secret there um the way to beat tom brady is to have a a consistent pass rush especially up the middle um and to me no team is is more equipped to do that than the rams they're they're gonna have to hit brady and not just kind of rush him not just touch him but i think they're gonna have to sack him a couple times i think they're gonna definitely have to put some pressure on brady if they don't get the brady they're not gonna win this game um that's been my feeling uh, since the beginning, since we kind of knew the matchups If they don't get to Tom Brady, they're not going to win this game Regardless of what they do on the run, regardless of, of what the Patriots do or don't do I, I, That to me is the ultimate key to the game for me um, the, the Rams defense has to put pressure on Tom Brady Do you agree with that?
0: Oh, absolutely If you see the, the games that Tom Brady lost in the Super Bowl uh, They lost a lot of times because of pressure on Brady mm-hmm. I mean, Especially those Giants losses
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially that first one where they just, they just manhandled Tom Brady. Um, talk to me so much about the coaching matchup because this is an interesting coaching matchup. I mean, you got, you got two guys who, you know, have what almost, close to almost 40 years of age difference. Um, in McVeigh and, and, and Belichick. Um, obviously what, what can we say about? bill belichick i mean he's arguably the greatest coach of all time if not in the discussion of uh, of the greatest coach of all time um and then you've got mcveigh who in his short time being a coach has has established himself as one of the one of the best in the game um you, you know how do you see this coaching matchup you know do you see this as a cat and mouse game as you know how do you how do you see this coaching matchup uh faring
0: well, we kind of know what Bill Belichick likes to do. He likes to scheme to take away the opponent's uh, biggest playmaker, and that's Todd Gurley. And I know that some people think uh, Todd Gurley's healthy. Some people don't. I have a lot of question marks around Todd Gurley's health. I agree And with even you. with this bye week, I'm not buying it because if you remember, he sat out the last mm-hmm. two games of the regular season, and they had that first week in the you know the wild card round bye. That's right. three weeks off, and you saw C.J. Anderson get a ton Touches against Dallas, and then Gurley the next week he only had a what 70 touches and he had a couple of drops. Something's wrong with Todd Gurley. And I think the Patriots, even though the Rams and all the buzz is saying Gurley's healthy and he's been a full go at practice, I think Bill Belichick is going to prepare for CJ Anderson as well. Um, When you have when Bill Belichick has that extra week to prepare for a team, that's when. Uh, He's at his best. And on the other side with Sean McVay, he's not experienced. And as well as he's coached up to this point, um, I think Bill Belichick 100% has the edge in terms of experience and preparation, even though McVay is going to get that extra week. But what does help Sean McVay is the presence of Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips could have been the most significant hire uh, that the Rams made during their their reboot after Jeff Fisher, because uh, Wade Phillips has a ton of of defensive coordinator experience. He's been a head coach. He's respected by players, and what that allows Sean McVay to do is allows him to be the head coach, control the offense, and his younger staff. And Wade Phillips can help him out. He can lean on Wade Phillips and say, "Hey, what do I do in this situation?" What do I do with that? And if you remember a few years ago when the Broncos won the Super Bowl in 2015, Wade Phillips was the Broncos' defensive coordinator, and he held uh, his scheme held the Patriots to 18 points in the AFC Championship game. Two more players from that team uh, who are on the Rams is CJ Anderson and Aqib Talib. These players, they've been to the Super Bowl before. If you take away Wade Phillips, um, CJ Anderson, and Aqib Talib. And you can even throw Brandon Cooks. He played with New England in the Super Bowl last year. The Rams would have pretty much no Super Bowl experience. But what these players can do, they can go to the rest of the team and say, "Hey, you're going to have a lot of people who want tickets. There is media day. The schedule is going to be different because we have to practice this week, and next week's going to be about the media. There's so many small nuances uh, that that these uh, players." Can help the the younger Rams players get a grasp up, and I think that
1: helps the Rams a ton in this one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Wade Phillips is. Uh, I agree with you on the Wade Phillips aspect of this. Um, if anybody can, can kind of match wits uh, defensively with Belichick is, is is Wade Phillips. I mean, he's proven it. Um, talk to me about Jared Goff. Um, I I um, I've been a little bit of a. I don't want to say non-believer or Jared Goff, but I've been someone that's kind of been kind of a wait-and-see approach with him. And I got to admit, he impressed me in that NFC Championship game. He, He outplayed Breeze. Um, and he made some just amazing throws there, especially in the in fourth quarter um, to really kind of, you know, just, I mean, the entire game, I mean, he just made some amazing throws, um, but especially in that fourth quarter. Um, talk to me about Jared Goff, his maturation, where he's at. Um, were you a Jared Goff guy at first and are you there now? And, and how do you see him playing in this game?
0: You know, I, I very much walked the line when it comes to Jared Goff. Uh, some games he looks really good. Uh, and then it seems like when they get to a tougher matchup, his numbers regress a little bit mm-hmm. when he throws the ball a lot, especially in that game. I think it was against the Bears – uh, back in week fourteen, he threw forty-four passes and only completed forty-five percent of them—forty-five and a half percent of them. Seems like when they want him to throw a lot, uh, his completion percentage goes down, and it exposes him to turnovers, it exposes him to fumbles, interceptions, and I think that's going to be key. We are going to find out exactly who Jared Goff is in the Super Bowl.
1: Interesting. Yeah. No. I, I right
0: now, right now, I have Jared Goff. Um, I, I have Dak Prescott from that quarterback class. Um, I, I could make a strong case that Dak Prescott is the best quarterback coming out of that class right now, despite losing the Goff, because Goff didn't do a ton against Dallas, and Goff also has a, a lot more talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, yeah, I, I, would, yeah. I, I know, I, I know that that statement's a little, little. That's skewer, a hot take. That's a hot take. No, I mean, look, I, I'm offensive line. Uh, I, I mean if if Dak Prescott had that offensive line that he had in twenty sixteen, I think the Cowboys would be in a Super Bowl.
1: It's interesting. I mean I look I, I'm I'm a Dak I, I like Dak. Uh, um I'm I don't kill Dak as much as other folks do. And I get it's, a lot of and a lot of that is a lot of that is also he's the Cowboys quarterback, so he's gonna be he's gonna be hated by a majority of folks. Just, just on the facts, but he does win. Uh, I give hey, him credit. Hey. He he finds ways to win. Um I sometimes I question his his ability in a big game in a big spot if he can make those winning plays to win a game for you. But Dak is Dak is, you know, Dak is a very good quarterback. I don't know if I I think him and Goff are pretty much even right now. I would say Carson Wentz, although his health is a, is a big concern and we'll get into that in, you know, we'll get into that in a second or down the line in a little bit. But, um, you know, I would say right now, Carson Wentz, if he's healthy, is probably the best quarterback from that draft class. But, you know, I mean, it's debatable. I mean, all three of them still have a lot to prove. All three of them are still young enough. No, go ahead.
0: I would put Wentz last.
1: Really? Even with the with the even before the injury with with the all the
0: reports out of Philadelphia, it seems like the team can rally behind Nick Foles. I don't think they rally around Wentz as much. And those intangibles, if you look at Nick Foles, he he has intangibles. He doesn't have the skill set that Carson Wentz has, but he has the intangibles that kind of evens it out. And that's why I say that about Dak. You know, Dak is a Super Bowl win away from almost being on the Russell Wilson tier. If you look how Russell Wilson wins games, his stat line isn't always great, but sometimes it's that it's a key run in the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter, and we've seen that from Dak a lot. We've seen Dak kind of just will it. Look at the Saints game. Look at the game against the Seahawks in the playoffs where Dak just kind of wills himself to get that first down in the fourth quarter. Dak's a fourth quarter uh, quarterback and the, the fact that he can do this now that he's so young and you can make the case that even though Des Bryant was there for 2 years you know Amari Cooper is the best wide receiver that Dak's had and he's only had him for 8 games and look at that 8 games that Dak's had that weapon
1: hmm I know yeah I mean you make a, you make very interesting points about, about Dak and also about Wentz but but Let's, let's finish up on the Super Bowl first and then we'll get to, we'll get to those because I do want to ask you about the whole Philly situation. And I do want to talk about the Cowboys because you are a, a Cowboy fan. So you're the best person to talk to about that team and, and some of the, some of the things that they got going on right now. But, you know, on the Super Bowl, um, so, you know, we've talked about the coaching matchup. We have talked about Jared Goff. Um, you know, obviously we've talked about the keys to the game. Give me an X factor. Give me one guy, a player. Uh, for the Rams and for the Patriots that you think if, if this guy plays well, they're gonna win. Give me one player from each side.
0: You know, uh, we heard his name a lot for the wrong reasons. I respect what the guy did, but I don't know if it was the right time, and that's um, Nickel Roby Coleman, the slot cornerback for the Rams. He talked a lot of smack-to-bleach reports Mm -hmm. that he hates the Patriots because he played in Buffalo, says Belichick runs up the score, and he calls himself the slot god, and he's played well. He was the one who made the, the pass interference call on the Saints. Uh, The last time Tom Brady faced him, Tom Brady shredded him and because Nikhil Roby Coleman plays in the slot, that's exactly where the Patriots thrive with uh, Julian Edelman. They could also put, you know, Rob Gronkowski. I think the X factor for the Rams is going to be Nikhil Roby Coleman. Can he step up in this game because he's going to be matched up against uh, Edelman and possibly Gronk, and on the other side, it's Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski did nothing all season, didn't look like the same player. He had uh, somewhat close to around 11 targets in the AFC championship game, caught around six of them for 70-something yards. Uh, kind of looked like Gronk, where Gronk is thriving is run blocking. I think that's going to be key, but the Rams gave up the ninth most uh, production to tight ends uh, in 2018. If there's a weakness in their defense, it's tight ends, and Gronk is going to have to have a huge game And what could he
1: be his final game in New England. Interesting, interesting. Uh, do, you, do you find it surprising that the you know you talked about Mikkel Roby Coleman uh, doing a lot of smack talk, and that's not surprising. But I've been surprised that the Patriots have been a little bit more chattery this Super Bowl than than you know the, their reputation, really their history. I mean, I look usually, at usually. Usually, usually the Patriots are kind of matter of fact, business as you. I mean, they're boring. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. They're, they're boring. I mean, you don't go to the Patriots for hot takes. You don't go to the Patriots for personality. But this Super Bowl, they've been chatty. I mean, Brady with his, you know, WWE style promo before they flew out. Um, you know, even Belichick a little bit has been a little, a little bit more chattier than usual. Um, but some of his takes, I mean, you know, are, are you surprised that the Patriots are, you call it arrogance? Um, what, have you been surprised by that?
0: It is surprising to see a different approach, and I definitely noticed that during Media Week. Yeah. It's yeah. uncharacteristic of the Patriots, yes, but I don't know, maybe I, I don't know, I don't have an explanation for it.
1: Do you do you read anything more to that than just that just it's just them overconfidence. Is it just them feeling like they've just been so disrespected? So, you Maybe know, they're
0: having a little bit of fun. Maybe I. I don't know. I. I, I it, it's. It's puzzling. I don't know how much effect it will have to the game because I believe Bill Belichick will have his guys prepared. Yeah,
1: Sometimes I agree. I don't. It doesn't I don't affect think
0: affect the outcome of the game then
1: then they're just having a good time. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it'll have an outcome in the game. I just found it surprising. You know, it almost kind of feels like they kind of know that this is the last. That's the last a That's
0: a really good take because I'm speechless on it and that's a really good observation.
1: Yeah, it just almost feels like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it almost feels like they kind of know something that we don't know. Not saying that Brady's going to retire or anybody's leaving per se, but just kind of feels like, you know, this may be the last time for this, this group of Patriots that. Even
0: if Gronk plays next year, it's not going to be in New England.
1: Yeah, I think, I think Gronk's gone. I, I, and I, and I, I honestly, I, I think he's going to retire. I think he's a guy. I've always kind of gotten the vibe from him that he's one of those guys that's going to retire early or retire before, before he looks shot and done. You, you you can make the argument that that was this year, but, um, yeah, I could see Gronk leaving. And, you know, I know Brady's talked about playing till he's, you know, 45, but realistically, if you're Tom Brady, what else do you have to prove? I mean, you've already proven that you're the GOAT. You know, at the very least in the conversation, you know, and then Belichick. I mean, what more does he have to prove? So, you know, I I, I did kind of – it was surprising to see the Patriots so chattery and so, so, you know, just fun-loving. Like, what? since when have the Patriots been this, you know, personality-driven? So, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it just stuck out to me. Been, you know, maybe they kind of – they're playing the underdog
0: role and everybody – Wants to see them lose, and nobody believes in them. All the playoffs, I mean, they were supposed to get crushed by the Chargers, and yeah. I warned everybody about that. They were supposed to get crushed by the Chiefs, and I warned everybody about that. Maybe they they kind of feel like, hey, we're still here. Let's let's act like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's I, not I act I, like a bunch of old men. Well, I should have listened to you on the Chargers pick because, geez, uh, man, were you? I mean, I know you. I know you. You advise against people picking the Patriots against the Chargers, but were you surprised at the level of domination that game was? I mean, I, that was just a beatdown. I was, I was stunned. No, I,
0: mean, I didn't see that coming. I, I thought the Patriots would definitely win, and, and a lot of it was because look at the playoff history of Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers does not play well in the playoffs at all. And Especially me, against the Patriots, I, I fat, yeah, zero seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rivers against Brady, so I, I take that in consideration. I know it's different team; they were outmatched. But when you have a player's number or a team's number, it, it just that that seems to haunt some players and teams.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree with you on that one. Um you gotta take that in I mean, it's not a small sample size. It's not like it's three games. I mean it's it's what, six games going into that matchup and it and they've just been and look at the scores of those games, I mean they haven't been close at all either. So yeah, he's just he's just for whatever reason, I thought this was the year the Chargers would, would make some noise. I thought this was the year that I mean I didn't I didn't I didn't think they were good to a Super Bowl per se, but I thought they would at least be in the AFC championship game and I was just surprised at the level of just domination that they that they, they They got handed to them by the Patriots. I mean, it just was just it was just non-competitive.
0: Philip Rivers is like um, uh, Dan Fouts, another reincarnation of uh, Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts never made it to the Super Bowl, yeah, Hall of Fame quarterback,
1: but just never got there. Just never got there. And, and, and it's, it's weird to evaluate Rivers. You know, it's weird because he, he's had this great career statistically. And, and, you know, he's had success. He's gotten to the playoffs a few times. I mean, he's not Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's gotten to the playoffs. He's had success. It's just, it's weird to, it's weird to, you know, to, to analyze Phillip Rivers' career because, you know, how much blame does he get for his team? Not, I mean, you know, I think you, I, I think sometimes as when we grade quarterbacks, I think we, you know, we all we focus on is winning championships, winning Super Bowls. But I don't think we we look at all the residual you know, the all the other things that go into it, all the other aspects that go into it. Phillip Rivers hasn't played for a great organization. Say what you want to say about the Chargers, but they they're you know, no one's no one's putting the the Spanos family up there with Robert Kraft. I'll say that. And, you know, and you know, think about you know, compare him to the other guys that were in his draft class. I mean, Big Ben plays for the Steelers, you know, Eli for the Giants. I mean, so, you know, out of the three guys, you know, he's had Kind of the, the 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 iffy ownership, the iffy organization. So right, right, no, so right. you know so how, how much of that do you put into evaluating Philip Rivers and his success? I think you have to I think you have to put some of that into effect. You know the guy that he gets mostly compared to because of course of the trade and all that, but is, is Eli Manning. And what I always tell people um, if you're starting a, if you're starting a franchise right now, who would you want to have? You want to have Eli Manning for tw- you know for fifteen years, or you want to have Philip Rivers. And I still go with Philip Rivers. True, that that's a tough one. Just and you're right, but it's about the championships. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's about the championships, and and of course, if we're just grading on that, obviously Eli hasn't beat. But I also you also have to be fair. You know, Eli had a you know at least in the first Super Bowl had a you know borderline Hall of Fame defense. You know, you know so how much of that you know? And, and he didn't play well in that. First of all, he made a great play. He made a great play and, and made a great throw, you know, following that play. So, you know, how much of that goes into to effect? So I think sometimes I think you've got to look at the full picture with quarterbacks before you just start saying, oh, yeah, Eli's way better than Philip Rivers just because he's won two championships.
0: I would say uh, I would probably lean Rivers despite the championships, to be honest.
1: And, look, I mean, you just got to look at the, the level of consistency. I mean, outside of those two Super Bowl runs, Eli Manning's been to the playoffs, what, I think three other times? In what fifteen yeah, years? Yeah. You know, fifteen years. You know, that's not. Eli's another guy that's weird to evaluate because he's only been to the playoffs. I think what five times in his career.
0: It's crazy that there's some people who believe in Eli next year. Uh, yeah, I don't. And, I don't know it, about and that I live one. In New Jersey, I hear it all the time here. My, it's like uh, people tweeting they think they're going to win. The Giants are going to win the division next year
1: yeah I don't see that With I, Eli. I yeah I don't see that one i don't I don't know about that one i I mean that where was that you know they had that confidence going into this year and what happened? They were a disaster the first eight weeks of the season. I know they played by, you know I know they played better you know the second half of the season, but I mean realistically, I mean the season was over by week five, week six they say well,
0: they need a line. Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. That's going to solve all the problems. That's going to make, that's going to make Odell Beckham a better leader. And that's going to, you know, that's going to, yeah, that's going to solve all the problems. Just having a good offensive line. Okay. We'll see. But, uh, back to the Super Bowl. Um, so just, yeah, so we know everything. We've, we've discussed a lot of the things, but, you know, give me a prediction. Who wins
0: tomorrow? I have the Patriots winning 24 to 23.
1: Hmm. So the Patriots winning another Super Bowl, huh? Capturing their sixth. Super Bowl crown, and um, if they win, do you do you? I know we talked about Gronk, and I know we talked about maybe this could be the end. If, just your honest opinion. Do you do you see if they win another championship? Do you see this being the end for Brady for for Belichick, or one or the other, or both? I uh,
0: I think uh, they'll be back, or or at least be knocking on the door next year. To be honest, you know, if you really break down what the Patriots have, if uh, They have 12 draft picks this year. I believe half of them are in the first three rounds. They have two starting caliber offensive linemen who didn't even make it to week one. They ended up on IR, a first and a second round pick, or a second and third round pick, Duke Dawson and Isaiah Wynn. Mm -hmm. They They seem to have Braxton Berrios, who was a later pick in last year's draft. He's supposed to be a really good slot receiver and could eventually take over for Edelman. They are... Ready to kind of reload? They're going to move on from Gronk, have cap space. They're, I think they're going to reload, and it's going to be a weak AFC East again. I think the Jets and the I think they all might gain a game, but it's they're still a year away from contending with New England. At worst, New England's a ten and six division winner uh, in the playoffs. As I look at it right now. Hmm.
1: Well, that makes me feel just great being a Jets fan. (laughs) But we'll get to that in a second here. Uh, Let's talk to the Cowboys. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Um, You kind of touched them a little bit earlier. Um, Dak's a free agent or at least can get out. You know, I I don't know if he's a – is he a free agent or is he restricted or uh, what's his –
0: No, he still has has time left on his rookie deal, but he's outperformed his rookie contract. And it's probably smart to sign him now than wait. Because what if Dak wins another? You know, goes into next year, and if he wins another division title, then he'll have a division title in three out of four years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You got to pay this guy now.
1: What would you pay him? What, what do you, I know you're, you're more of a Dak believer than some others. I, 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 it's amazing that a lot of people are split on Dak. A lot, you know, it's, it's amazing because you, you kind of hear that there's no in-between with Dak. A lot of people love Dak. A lot of people hate Dak or think he's overrated. Uh, if I, I could kind of tend to put myself kind of in the middle. I could see the criticisms on the people that don't like Dak, but I also, see that he's won a lot of games, and the team rallies around him, and he just figures out ways to be good and, and win games. So, I kind of see both sides of it, honestly. Where do you, you know, where if you were running the Cowboys, what what kind of contract would you offer him?
0: I would offer, I don't know if I would make him a top five quarterback, and I would sell Dak on the fact that if you live in Texas, I'm pretty sure there's no tax, so you can build that into some value. You can uh, say, like, listen, you're making the money up in endorsements. You know, we can move. I think you need to sign Dak to a smart contract and also sell him on the fact that he needs help to win. You know, hey, Dak, if you want Ezekiel Elliott to get an extension, if you want Amari Cooper to get an extension, if you want Demarcus Lawrence and Byron Jones, if you want all these these shiny pro bowlers to be on the team for the next five years with you and challenge for a championship every year, then you need to take a little bit of a smarter deal than what Matt Stafford took. You need to take a smarter deal than what Aaron Rodgers took.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's the biggest issue with these quarterbacks sometimes is that.
0: And I think Dak is smart. I think Dak is smart enough to know that his teammates need to be paid. Look at Brady. Brady's the 27th or yep. 28th ranked uh, quarterback in terms of salary. And you see it year after year. Guys like Tom Brady, they will renegotiate their contract, track, take shorter deals. This way everybody else can get paid. And I think that's the right way to do it. If you're a smart quarterback, that's what you need.
1: Quietly, so quietly, down. that's been the, quietly, that's been the, one of the keys to the Patriots success is the, is the ability to have Tom Brady on team friendly deals. I, I think it's, I think a lot, not, not a lot has been made of that. And I think that's been one of the biggest keys to their sustained level of success. I mean, look at it. I mean, they've been able to, build an infrastructure around Tom Brady, you know. I mean, yes, there's been years where his offensive lines haven't been as good as others or his defense hasn't been good as others, but for the most part, for the majority, for the entirety of that run, you know, Brady's taken less money and they've been able to, you know, add pieces and and reinforce pieces around him.
0: Kevin Durant took less to go to the Warriors.
1: Yeah, the NBA is a little different too, but you know, but I, but I get what you, but I get what you're saying. You got to be smart, you know. A lot of, I I think in the NFL, especially these quarterbacks, you know, these quarterbacks kill me. And I've ranted about this before, but you know, these quarterbacks kill me. They take all the money and then they complain they don't have players around them. It's like, well, idiot, (laughs) it's a 53 man roster and it's a strong salary cap, and you're making 25, 30 percent of the cap, and you got to pay 53 guys. I mean, do the math. I mean, you're right. 100%. It just kill. It just kills me. I remember a couple of years ago when uh, when Jimmy Graham was a free agent and and Drew Brees was complaining that they couldn't sign you know Jimmy Graham, but all the while Drew Brees is making thirty million dollars. It's like Drew, look at yourself. Don't complain about the team. Look at yourself. You're making thirty million dollars or something like that, you know, and then and, and then you're complaining you can't re-sign Jimmy Graham. It's right. yeah, it just boggles my mind with these quarterbacks sometimes. But, um, you know, going on the Cowboys, obviously the big news this week was, uh, you know, the, um, the, you know, the Jason Garrett situation. Now uh, they're not, ex- you know, they're not offering him an extension. So he's basically going into next year as a lame duck coach. Wh- how do you see this playing out? Because it's, it's weird in a sense because, you know, you would think this year of all years they would give him an extension seeing as he, in a lot of ways, you know, overperform the expectations. I don't know what the expectations were for the Cowboys this year. I don't think a lot of people expected them to win that division. Um, you, know, you know, I think people expected them to be you know solid, compete for the division, and maybe be a wild card team. Single,
0: every single year, because they're the Dallas Cowboys, they are expected to be in the Super Bowl. They are expected to be a good team because they are the Dallas Cowboys. And I think with with uh, at least that's how Jerry Jones sees it. And by not extending Jason Garrett now, I, I think, because if you look at back 10 years ago to the Cowboys uh, today, uh, Jerry Jones is being smarter. You're seeing Stephen Jones, t- you know, take more control. You're seeing Jerry Jones not overspend for free agents like he used to. And this team has, been, become, has become pretty, you know, really consistently, you know, at least a 500 team or better. And then their good years, they're winning 10, 12 games and going to the playoffs. So they're really close. And by not extending Garrett now, you're showing him, listen, we should have been, we could have been to the Super Bowl this year. We only had Amari Cooper for eight games. You know, we're going to give you all of this talent next year. If you don't get it done, we're going to go look elsewhere. And that elsewhere could be Mike McCarthy.
1: Hmm. Um. Yeah. I, I. Do you worry that that could be also be a problem? Though you know, it's it's long been thought of as you know having a guy, especially in the NFL, having a coach. In a lame duck session is a bad thing. I mean, you know, what if they get off to 0 and 4? What if they even get off to a 1 and 3 or a 2 and 2 start? You already know that the, the murmurs and the whispers are going to be gone next year. Do, do you see this as a, I know you see this as a smart gamble, but nonetheless, it's still a gamble. I mean, you put this no, guy uh, in a situation. Listen, uh, back to uh, you know, what I opened up about, my opening
0: statement about this, about it's the Dallas Cowboys they are expected to win every year. Mm-hmm. Jason Garrett seems to, he's like on the hot seat every year. Yeah. For the last five years, they always talk about firing Garrett, and he should be fired. So I think for him, he's been in the league so long to where I don't even think it's just noise to him.
1: You know, I think it's surprising too. I think it surprised me, and it surprised a lot of people around the NFL because it always seems like, you know, like you said, he's always on the high on the hot seat. But it's but in years past, Jerry's almost gone out of his way to defend him. And then you know, the year that you can make the the argument that he should get a little bit rewarded for what he did this year. You know, it almost kind of feels like the opposite is going on. Like, oh yeah, kind of show it. You know, prove us now, Uh, prove it to us now, show us now. So it's. I think that's what caught a lot of people by surprise. Is that the years that they've underachieved, you've almost been, you know, overly supportive of the guy, and in the year that they, in a lot of ways, overachieve, you've you've taken this stance on him. So I think that's what caught a lot of people by surprise. And I like
0: Jason Garrett. I I I don't think he he's as bad as people think. I think Jason Garrett. Um, considering he's had a little bit of bad luck, whether it's been, you know, Tony Romo, uh, couldn't stay healthy for two of those seasons.
1: Uh, remember the, remember the Dez Dez catch, remember the Dez catch, not catch. Yeah. Yeah. He could have, he could have, he could have easily gone to the Super Bowl that year.
0: You know, uh, more, you know, you could throw Dak into this and and throw Jason Garrett, right? Hmm. Um, if Ezekiel Elliott didn't get suspended for six games, the Cowboys would be would have been in the playoffs. And that would mean three straight, you know, we could be talking about three straight division titles.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, interesting. Um, you
0: know, Garrett has won three division titles in the past five years.
1: What's the last Cowboy coach to do that?
0: I I I don't
1: even know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I, I I hear you, I hear you. I, again, I think Dak and 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 uh Garrett are kind of in the same boat. That I think people kind of overhate them because it is a lot of cowboy hate out there. So naturally, I think it comes by design. But no, I agree with you. I think the guy's done done good. You know, pen, you know, with the circumstances, and plus, it's never easy to work for Jerry Jones. And, and in that span, since 2000, uh, since 2011,
0: because Gavard took over as Cowboys coach in 2010, but he only coached eight games. So 2011 was his first full year as a head coach. He's only had one losing season, and that was in 2015 without Romo. He's only had one losing season.
1: Mm, interesting. So what do you see them doing with the other free agents that they have? I mean, I know Demarcus Lawrence is, is a free agent. Byron Jones is a free agent. Um, obviously they got the Dak situation that we talked about. What do you see them doing with these guys? Um, I know you, you, you implored them, you implored Dak to kind of sign a smart, you know, be smart about it and sign a smart team friendly deal. Let's just, let's play this out for a little bit. What if Dak kind of plays a little hardball and decides that he wants to, you know, maybe, maybe not get, you know, Stafford money, but at least be up there in that, in that realm. You know, what do you see the Cowboys doing? They're going to have to pay him. They're going to have to pay him, obviously. He's the quarterback. But, you know, if that does happen, what do you see them doing with Lawrence? What do you see them doing with Byron Jones? I think Jones will get the tag. I think uh, uh,
0: Byron Jones will get the franchise tag, and we're going to see Amari Cooper and uh, Demarcus Lawrence get extensions. You have to figure Sean Lee's not going to be back. So that's a lot of money. I think uh, Lee is a top five uh, paid Cowboy. I'd have to go uh, double-check but I'm pretty sure he's up there in the top five in terms of salary. That's gonna be off the books. You're gonna get, uh, I believe Romo and Des Bryant, their dead money's off the books. So they're gonna get they're they're not as bad as they were in the past couple of years. They're pretty good in terms of dead money going into this offseason.
1: Hmm. Um, let's talk about the Eagles. Um, you uh, you know, we kinda of got into it a little bit with the Wentz and the in the Foles situation. Um quietly, I was kind of hoping that the Eagles got to the Super Bowl again, because I thought you would have had a very, very interesting situation um, brewing there. And I think you still do. But I think it would have been even harder for the Eagles to um, not bring Foles back um, had they gone to another Super Bowl and God forbid win it. Um, you know, what do you see that? So how do you see the situation going? I think this is a very interesting situation right now. You talked about Wentz. Wentz clearly is the younger guy, probably more physically, you know, physically gifted and god-givenly talented than Foles, but Foles is the leader. Foles is the guy that rallies the team. You could just tell that team, that coaching staff, everybody just loves the guy. Uh, how do you see this playing out?
0: Well, um While we were on air earlier, there's a little bit of breaking news, and that's from Adam Schefter. at ESPN Mm -hmm. said the Eagles are expected to franchise tag Nick Foles, then try to trade him for a third-round pick. Interesting. So So there you go. Um, What happens if they franchise tag him and nobody wants to trade for him because they know the Eagles have to make a move? I don't know if the Eagles are going to get a third. I think they shoot themselves in the foot a little bit.
1: But do they have to make a move? I mean, honestly, do they, I mean.
0: Franchise tag at quarterbacks, like, you, you can't, you know, it's, what, 20-something
1: million dollars. Yeah, true. Right? Yeah, true. Yeah, they're paying them top five in the position if they franchise.
0: And then that. Wentz, I think Wes needs to get paid soon.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he said, you know, we talk about Dak. Yeah, but, you know, he should be coming up on his, uh, deal too. Um, yeah, that's interesting when you said, yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're gonna, I, yeah, I don't see a team trading for him, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think they they see that the Eagles are going to be in a tough situation. You know, the Eagles are going to not have any leverage in negotiations because you know teams are going to know, hey, you've got to make a deal here, so they're going to try to lowball them. Um, Any offer that they're going to get is going to be a lowball offer at best. So, um, it's it's weird because you know it's it's funny how this whole situation kind of started out. You know, I mean, Wentz was the guy. You could make the case that he was the MVP before he broke his leg. Um, you know, they was, you know, he was 12 and three or something like that, broke his leg. Um, and, you know, before Foles took over, obviously, we already know what happened. You know, they got hot, made a run in the postseason and, you know, got to the Super Bowl one. Um, where do you see Carson Wentz right now? I know that when, you know, in our pecking order of NFC East quarterbacks, you put him at three or, you know, just the quarterbacks from that draft class, you put him at three. You know, why are you not in love with Carson Wentz as, as some are?
0: Well, it seems to me, at least this year, uh, look at all the targets that were going in Zach Ertz's direction. He was targeting, it seems like he doesn't look off players as well as, as like maybe an Andrew Luckwood. Uh, he seems to key on the one target, and he's a pretty good target, but I'd like to see a little bit the, the ball spread out a little bit more from Carson Wentz. And also, the injuries are a huge factor. Going back to his senior year in college or junior year, whatever year he came out, he had an injury then. And then yeah. going into his rookie year with the Eagles, he had a ribs injury in the preseason. Uh, he's pretty much been hurt in some capacity every year for the past three, four, five years. And that's alarming.
1: Yeah, so durability is definitely a concern. Um, I, I thought he, I thought he played relatively well last year. Um, I, I always, I always tend to give guys a break when they're coming back from a major injury like that. Um, I, I, I don't think it's fair to evaluate them, you know, because I think, you know, you gotta, you gotta sample in, hey, the guy missed. I think what he missed eight to nine months from that injury or something like that, something, something, something like that. So I don't know how much you can evaluate their play. Um, I think this is a very important year for Carson Wentz. Um, I think they're going all in with him. You know, we can debate whether that's the, the smart thing or not, but they're going all in with Carson Wentz. I think this is a big year for him. I think he's got to stay healthy and I think he's got to play well. Um, or you're going to have a lot of Philly fans that are going to be, you know, screaming for Nick Foles even though he's going to be playing on another team. All things, you know, what it's looking like right now.
0: Yeah, it, it is definitely good. it's a big year for uh Carson Wentz for sure.
1: Um so let's 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 transition over. Well, I you know, I, I wanted to talk about this. Do the Saints need to shut up now? Do the Saints and their fans need to shut up now? Um, I know we talked about the lack of buzz in the Super Bowl, it's, and, and part of it has been because I think people are still talking about the NFC Championship game. And I, you know, I for one, look, I agree they got screwed. The Saints got screwed. They that call should have been made. We all know that. Anybody who has a brain who's watched football for five minutes knows that was a pass interference. If nothing worse should have been a pass interference, you could argue it could have been, you know, you know, targeting or whatever. Um, that being said, the Saints put themselves in a terrible situation. They made dumb play calls all throughout that game. Breeze didn't play well. You know, you could you could make the argument that they got away with some, with some questionable calls there that the officials didn't make on their end of things. Um, and they put themselves in that, in that situation. You know, you know, the old adage is don't put yourself in a situation where you can, where you let the officials decide a football game or any game for you. So, um, and, and then they're just, they're still whining and crying about it. The fans, you know, the Saints, you know, obviously Goodell had his, you know, his, his, Soliloquy this week um, And you know basically said that you know he talked To the Saints and he now the Saints players are Coming out saying he never talked to him Are you like me is it time For the Saints to kind of shut up and move on
0: I think so, and it sucks that it happened, but you're right. You know, the Saints had plenty of opportunities to win the game. Uh, Drew Brees even had his hands on the ball in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side of it, it, it sucks if you're a Saints fan. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan, and, you know, in today's NFL, Des caught it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's part of football, you know. Everybody talks about there's three phases. It's offense, defense, special teams. Well, you have to kind of say officiating is almost a fourth phase of the game. And it's going to – you're going to get the favorable calls, then you're going to get the bad calls. And you kind of have to just – you know, you kind of have to eat it. Because what's your choice? Go watch the XFL. Yeah. Well – You know, it's 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 it sucks. That's But you have to kind of – you know, what
1: are you going to do about it? Well, the biggest problem that I have is this 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 narrative that's been thrown out there all week. Oh, Goodell's got to say something. I mean, you got everyone from Peter King to 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 the Saints beat reporters. You know, Goodell's got to speak. He's gotta he's gotta say something. Why is he waiting to this week? He should have said something last. week. And my whole thing is, what is he gonna say? Like, what exactly is he gonna say? He's not gonna go out there and basically say his officials are crap. They suck. They're all old and fat. We're gonna fire all of them and hire some some fresh faces and guys that are twenty three coming out he's not going to do that he's not going to do that i know that's what you want to hear but he's not going to do that so if he's not going to do that then what's the point of talking like what is he going to say he's going to say that the rams don't deserve to be there hey guys you know the, you know I, I know that the super bowl is coming up so you know what this is what i've decided in my infinite wisdom you know th- th- we're gonna we're gonna expunge the records the record books we're gonna replay the, the the you know the last two minutes of that game and you know we're gonna make this right he's not doing that so this idea that, that Goodell has to come out and speak, what is he going to say exactly?
0: We screwed up, and we'll do better next time. I, 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 and to me, I think, I, I, I don't know if it would satisfy anybody else, but just, uh, that's it. And I he get it. Look, 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 I get it. Well, we will look at film, we will do better next time, but, you know, that's it. I don't know. There's not much he can say except, you know, it's on us.
1: Exactly. And, and, and uh, look... He, I mean, if you believe Sean Payton, and I don't, I don't think he has a reason to lie about that, the NFL already admitted they screwed up. They already screwed, I mean, they, they, you know, not officially, of course, but they officially, they, they admitted that they screwed up. So I don't know what more do you want him to say. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't. Get that? I just that whole narrative has just been annoying me this whole you week know, about oh, he's got to say something, he's got to come out and take ownership of this. And blah 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 blah. I'm just like, what do you want the guy to say? What to, to give a bunch of canned answers that you know? I, I just yeah. Go ahead. My bad.
0: Is the answer you know? We'll, we'll be we'll be watching a broadcast and they'll they'll say oh but you Mike Pereira Mike Pereira will say it's wrong it's right why can't like, should there be a centralized voice to overrule because yeah. if if the booth brings in this former official the former head of officiating and he's saying nope they got it wrong why not just put him in, in a role in New York like kind of like hockey does it
1: agreed absolutely where they'll buzz in. yep yep they'll buzz in and they'll 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 kind of overrule the officials on it because they have more access to video they and it's somebody that's you know been doing it for 30, 40, 50 years, his experience has is a rules expert. So they'll know. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think the, I think, I think if nothing else, what this does is that it, it, it highlights that the officiating needs some serious improvements. A lot of talk has gone into maybe having a challenge for, you know, judgment calls um I wouldn't I wouldn't be anti that, giving giving coaches another challenge on top of the challenges that they already have, a special challenge that they can challenge they could use at any point in the game to challenge a judgment call. I think that would be a good thing. I, I don't a lot of people I, worry. a lot of people worry about, you know, these games are long enough as they are as they are, and then you start introducing challenge call you know, judgment call challenges and how long is that gonna take, you know, I get I, that. I I think you would have to, I,
0: I I wouldn't mind it, but then don't give another challenge. Do a good job managing your challenges. Yeah. I would meet a
1: halfway. That's fair. That's fair. That's 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 very fair. That's that's very, very fair. I could see that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. No, I, I just I'm just I just gotten annoyed because in, and I'm and look, I'm supporting the Saints. I think they got screwed, I think they got hosed. You know, and, and, you know, I, for one, two weeks ago was saying, yeah, they should have put themselves in a better situation. You know, uh, some of Sean Payton's play calling was, was dumb at best. I get that. But had the officials made that, that call the way that they should have made it, none of that would have mattered. None of that would have mattered. So, but enough already, shut up enough already. Like, look, this happens all the time in every sport, in every sport, you don't think there's NBA fans that can cry about some official, you know, terrible calls. You know, you don't think there's baseball fans that could that could cry about the umpires? I mean, it, it happens. Montreal screw job. Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean you could just. I mean, you could, this happens in all sports. I mean, I just think that there there does come a point where you just got to be like, all right, you know, you know, enough. It happened. We're not happy about it, but you know, let's move on. And the Saints haven't done that. I mean, you got, you got the owner coming out, basically bashing Goodell too. And I know Goodell's an easy target, and I can't stand Goodell. So, trust me. It, it, I'm, I, I don't like defending the guy, but what, what else is the guy gonna say? You know, what is he gonna say? He's not gonna say what you want him to, he's not gonna say what you wanna hear anyway, so what's the point? It's my, my whole thing.
0: Yeah. No, I, 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 I get it.
1: Um, let's, let's kind of talk about the off season so far. Um, what do you think of the coaching hires that you've seen so far? Um, a lot of people have been talking about the lack of black NFL head coaches. Um, uh, the Sean McVay tree. Basically, if you've, if you if you've basically, um, Picked up Sean McVay's lunch. You're getting an interview, so uh, <laughs> that's what it seems like, anyway. So, what do you think of the coaching changes so far? Have you been impressed by some of the hires? Have you been underwhelmed by some of the hires? Um, where do you stand on the coaching changes? Or this cycle of coaching changes and coaching hires. I have a lot of mixed feelings. I'm not big on the Cliff
0: Kingsbury. I'm not big on Matt Lafleur. Oh,
1: you're not um, big on Cliff Kingsbury, the 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 offensive genius that's going to revolutionize the NFL.
0: Can't win a big game. You know, Freddie Kitchens has never been a head coach on any level, including high school. Uh, Adam Gates, why go that route when you can have Mike McCarthy to work with Sam Darnold? So there's – Don't get me started. I'm, I'm not a big fan of any of these hires. I,
1: I can – look, I've – the, the gate – I don't want to say it's grown on me. I've I've accepted it as a Jet fan. Um, it's, it's not a horrible hire. I didn't hate the hire. It was just kind of meh. It was just kind of like, eh, really? This is, this is the best that we could have done is Adam Gase. Like, you, you had Mike McCarthy. The guy wanted the job. I mean, he basically, all he did was basically, you know, in so many words, say, I want to coach the New York Jets and you don't hire him. So I don't understand that. Um, but I mean, I can at least, I could see why somebody could say, you know what, Adam Gase, You know, with my young quarterback and do wonders, I get that. But the Cliff Kingsbury one is just, it's just laughable. I mean, the guy was 40 and 45 at Texas Tech, his alma mater. His alma mater couldn't wait to get him out of the building. They couldn't wait to get rid of him. The guy was, you know, it was just, he was, he was below average at Texas Tech. Below average at Texas Tech. And he gets an NFL coaching job. Mind you, 30 days after, you know, signing up to be the, the offensive coordinator at USC. So, right. yeah, I, I, the Cliff Kingsbury hire just is laughable at best. Freddie Kitchens, I know I know that, uh, you know, Baker likes him, so automatically that gave him a leg up. I, I didn't understand that hire either. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The, the hires have been less than impressive to me. The um, one I'm
0: going to like the most is, is going to be, I believe, Zach Taylor. Uh, for the Bengals,
1: really, Zach Taylor. I,
0: I and the reason for that is if they also go ahead and sign uh, Jack Del Rio to be his defensive coordinator, because then you're looking at a situation of like Goff and Wade Phillips, to where you have the young guy in there that you know, and you also have that that crutch to hold on to, and that's going to be Jack Del Rio. They have a ton of offense. Offensive firepower in Cincinnati. I love that offense. And if Jack Del Rio can get that defense at least uh, to a middle of the road defense, that Bengals team, I, I actually think they can win the, the North next year.
1: The only issue I have with that, well, two issues that I have with that. Number one, the, the sequel's never as good as the original. Everybody's always looking for the next, you know, Sean McVay now. And maybe there's only just one Sean McVay. Has anybody thought of that? Maybe there's just one Sean McVay, just like there's one Bill Belichick. I I, I I I don't. No,
0: go ahead. I like the approach. I like the approach because because the Rams hired McVay and then Wade Phillips. I like the 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 fact that they might bring in Jack Del Rio mm-hmm. to help Zach Taylor. That's mm-hmm. the that's the that that's the X factor. Is Jack Del Rio's presence.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, see where you're coming from. And I like the approach too. I'm just saying from the standpoint that, I don't know, I just, it kind of rubs me the wrong way now that basically anybody, I mean, you know, the big sell job for Cliff Kingsbury was that, well, oh, well, well Sean McVay called Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury in the offseason to, to pick his brain about offense. So that makes him a worthy NFL coaching right. candidate. I, I'm just, well, I, 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 I mean, I, I, if I, you've I'm had lunch, if you've had, if, I mean, if you've, if you've, if you've exchanged you know, text messages with, with Sean McVay at a bar, you know, then you get in a coaching hire. I mean, it's just like, really, uh, this is, this is where we're at. I mean, I know the NFL has notoriously always been a copycat league, but I mean, at this point it's just beyond copycat at this point. So, but I, you know, look, I, I don't know what Zach Taylor is. Maybe, maybe he is the next Sean McVay or maybe he is the the first Zach Taylor. I don't know. I, I'm skeptical about that hire. Um You know, But we'll see. We'll see. Gotta give him, you know, gotta be open-minded about it. The issue I have with Cincinnati is Andy Dalton. He's still Andy Dalton at the end of the day. Um, and I like Andy Dalton, but, you know, is, is he, you're, you've kind of reached a ceiling with Andy Dalton. He's a good quarterback. You'll win, you'll win nine to 10 games, but are you truly an elite team with, with Andy Dalton? But but
0: that was with Marvin Lewis. I, I think, I think some young blood is, it will be good for him. Hmm. Interesting. No, I, I mean, maybe, I, you know, maybe Marvin Lewis was a stale one and not Andy Dalton.
1: Very true. And then that could very well be the case. You know, it was time for Marvin Lewis. I'm actually surprised that they made the move, honestly. They, I'm really, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it that they fired him. I was just like, really? Now? After all the years? Right, it's like right. they fired him now? You know, you can make the, I could pick, I could pick like five years where they should have fired him, but you know, be that as it may. Um, but let's talk about the offseason. Um, a lot of free agents, a lot of big names in free agency. Um, my Jets have a lot of cap space. The Colts have a lot of cap space. Um, what's a free agent that intrigues you, um, the most right now of the current crop of free agents that are out there right now? And of course, we haven't seen guys get cut yet. So there's probably going to be even more guys that, um, end up in the free agent pool by uh by you know by March or whatever. So you know wh- wh- where do you what's the free agent that's kind of that you're looking at that's going kind to of be like this is this is going to be an interesting name to watch. I mean I'm just gonna go right out and, and, and
0: LeVeon Bell. I, I think Le'Veon Bell and you can even throw Kareem Hunt. Those are two high profile running backs, two running backs who are probably top ten in the league overall and you can get one uh, with a lot of baggage and probably at a cheaper value and then one's going to cost you a ton of money and it's going to be interesting uh, to see who goes where Um, There's going to be a lot of fallout from Le'Veon Bell because we're already hearing a buzz out of Los Angeles with the Chargers saying, uh, Melvin Gordon said, I'm going to wait until Le'Veon Bell gets paid. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, who he goes to and what he gets. I kind of like him to go to Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians because look at Bruce Arians. uh, He always seems to have that bell cow running back who doesn't leave the field uh, on all three downs. I You could also make a case that Le'Veon Bell goes to the Colts because they have a ton of cap money. You can make a case they were running back away.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's the team for me to watch is the Colts uh, with Le'Veon. I think that him and, and Andrew Luck with that offensive line, I think that, that – that that could be the missing piece for them. They finally have a defense. They finally have an offensive line. The two things that we've been, you know, basically forever been been asking the Colts to give Andrew Luck, and they have that. So I think they're one player away, and I think Le'Veon kind of puts them at another level. He puts them at another stratosphere. If I'm Le'Veon, I don't know about going to Tampa Bay. I know Bruce Arians is there, but I, I just uh, maybe it's just my feelings on Jameis Winston. But I, I don't know why he would go there. Um, but the Colts to me seem like a better fit for him. Um, Kareem Hunt is interesting where do you stand on Kareem Hunt do you think he's going to get another job somewhere I mean there's a lot of talk about his suspension or the level of suspension that he's going to get any team that signs him is going to have to have that into, into account um, where do you stand on all that do you think he's going to obviously I think you think he's going to play again but where, you know, what kind of a contract do you see him getting
0: I, I don't know if, they're gonna, if any team's going to break the bank to sign him just because of all the baggage yeah. maybe he gets a one year deal Uh, you know, a one-year incentivized deal. This way, it doesn't cost them a lot. If he does, uh, if he does get suspended again, or if there are more issues, and they can get out of it very easily. But I think he's going to have to play on a one-year show me deal and Mm kind of go on an audition.
1: What what level of suspension do you see him getting? Um, it's 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 all over the map. Some people say six games. Six games.
0: I mean, it's a first offense, I think. So that could play into it too.
1: Yeah, but the, the only reason that I I I don't I think they're going to try to make an example out of him. Um you know, Goodell's going to try to save face and you know, the video uh, all that surrounding that, the the level of attention that got, I think that, you know, I think it might be an 8 to 10 game suspension, maybe. That's why I, like I'm interested to see what kind of a contract he gets because if he does, let's let's just play it out and say he gets 8 games. You know, uh, a one year deal you know like you said or maybe that maybe he just goes on sign next year and then maybe next offseason is where he you know he basically fights for a job who knows um i think Kareem Hunt's very interesting he's a wild card in this in this free agency as far as um um, what happens with him um wh- wh- where do you what do you what do you make of antonio brown in that whole situation with the steelers i know it doesn't directly relate to free agency per se but you know that whole situation antonio brown it, it looks like it's come to a point of no return with them although the steelers haven't completely ruled out bringing him back um antonio brown's done some trolling he's you know he's you know, followed the 49ers or he's like posts from the 49ers, or just, you know, crap like that. You know, the trolling stuff that these guys do now. Um, where do you see that whole situation going?
0: I found the Steelers. I'm getting Antonio Brown out of town very quickly. Because he's just going to be a cancer. And even if they can mend things this offseason, it's only a matter of time uh during the regular season where Antonio Brown and Big Ben go at it again or Antonio Brown and Mike Tomlin go at it again. Mm-hmm. He's a cancer. At least to the Steelers, hey, maybe he can go to San Francisco and, and have himself a couple of good years. But he's almost becoming uh this era's Terrell Owens.
1: I agree with you. I think it's time to go. I think the Steelers need to make changes on that team. There's just something about that team that it's just, they they just need a change. They need, they need a fresh start in that locker room. Some would say it's a coaching change. Some would say it's a personnel change. Um, since they're not going to get a coaching change, at least right now anyway. Um, I agree with you. I think, I think he has to go. And I think it's reached a point of no return when you, you can't have a guy quit on his team in the most important game of the year. You just, you just can't have that. I, I, if I'm a if I'm a Steelers player, how do you bring that guy back into your locker room?
0: Right, absolutely. You know,
1: even if you like the guy personally, how do you bring that guy back into your locker room? I mean, it's just it's you you quit on us. You quit on us when we needed you. You know, even if even if you even if you playing wouldn't have done much because you know they needed help and they didn't get the help that they needed to advance into the postseason. You know, you, you still can't quit on the team. You know, I don't care what your issue is with Big Ben. I don't care what your issue is with Tomlin. You can't quit on the team. You got to play. And I, I just don't, I don't see a situation, I don't see a situation or a scenario where he comes back. I, I just don't. Um, I think we're both in agreement with that. Do you, do you see San Francisco as the likely destination for him? I mean, there's also been some lobbying by the Browns and Jarvis Landry. I seen somewhere today that he's, he's pining for him to, to, to be a Brown next year.
0: Yeah, but uh, if, if anything, I think he gets shipped out of the AFC. Or at least out of the AFC
1: North. Can you imagine if you're the Steelers trading him to the Browns? No, or- no, I don't, I, 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 I only brought that up as like if this, if somehow they, they just didn't find any takers for him and they cut him. Um, I, I obviously don't see them trading him to the Browns. Never. No, absolutely not. Um, I just, I just looked at it as if they don't get what they want. Because, I mean, what, what, what kind of a return would you get for a Antonio Brown? You gotta, you gotta at least think of no, no less than a second-round pick, right?
0: I mean, he's thirty.
1: Yeah, but he's still dynamic. He's still great. He's still great. You gotta believe he's still got at least three to four years of top-flight football left in him, right?
0: You, you believe would think, that? You you would think he would help, but is that worth a second?
1: Yeah, I mean it's always hard to put values on guys, um, you know, because it's beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So you know, you know, I I, I think that it's going to depend on how desperate teams get to get their hands on an Antonio Brown. Um, to me, if I'm trading him, I think he's worth a second round pick, just because I think he's, you know, he's he's still great and relatively healthy. I know he's always got some little knickknacks or some, but for the most part, he hasn't had a major major injury. So he's pretty relatively health, relatively healthy. Um, so yeah, I think a second round pick. I you know I I heard somewhere that the Steelers are looking for a one. I don't know if they're going to get a one from. Yeah, him. no
0: one definitely a
1: one. They're one. not getting a one from, him, but I think a second round pick. I, I think I think to start the conversation, you got to at least be offering a second round pick. No. I mean,
0: if you're a team like the Forty ers and you want to trade a second. I mean he's only going to help because look at the division
1: they play in with Russell Wilson and 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 now the Rams. Mhm. So you so you you see the 49ers as the likely destination. Any other teams that I mean I'm sure I'm, I'm sure 32 teams could use an Antonio Brown but I mean Colts. Colts. They need
0: a they need a weapon outside of uh, TY Hilton.
1: Only reason I don't see the Colts is the AFC connection. I think the Steelers are gonna to wanna to get him as far away from the AFC as possible. I don't think they wanna look at him. I don't think they wanna see him. I don't think they wanna have a situation where they're gonna get burned by him and his talent. Um so I think that I think if anything, you know, you're gonna see an NBA type of trade where guys are gonna get traded to the other conference type of thing. So I, I think they're gonna trade I think if they do trade him, I think it's definitely gonna be somebody in the AFC. Um I can see I can see two teams in that division going after him. I can see the Seahawks going after him too.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Seahawks is a good
1: one. They need another big play wide receiver to go along Lockett, so and and Baldwin. So I can see the Seahawks. I can see the 49ers. Tampa. You know, especially if they uh, if they let uh, yeah, they're, they're loaded at wide receiver. Though. Well, Deshaun's basically talking about he doesn't want to play there anymore, and he's pining to play for the Rams. So you know, maybe the maybe the Ram maybe the maybe the Buccaneers just cut bait with uh, Deshaun Jackson and say, hey, we'll we'll upgrade and get Antonio Brown.
0: There's some people who think Chris Godwin is just as good as, as Mike Evans. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like uh, the wide receiver personnel in Tampa without mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson more than I do with him right now. Because right. their young players are really good.
1: They are. They are good. They, You know, Humphreys, Godwin has, has been really good. And then, of course, they have uh, they have the beast, <laughs> Mike Smith. Or, uh Mike Evans. Oh, I call him Mike Smith. Mike Evans. Um, he's a beast. So uh, yeah, and uh, that tight end's pretty good too. So um, yeah, they they've got they've, they're they are loaded at wide receiver. I'm just throwing out teams out there that I think could 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 be in the in, in the market for you know even Arizona. I mean, can't forget about Arizona. Arizona might also be in the market for another wide receiver too. So um, I think I think they're gonna have suitors. Um, it's just a matter of what this what the Steelers are gonna get, and is it gonna be worth their uh Worth worth their best interest to try to trade them. So, so essentially we're going into next year with both Le'Veon and Antonio Brown off that team. Yeah, I believe so. Hmm. Interesting. Um, any other guys in free agency that you're looking at any other free agency situation that you're looking at? That's going to be interesting.
0: It's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, where uh, Joe Flacco goes. I think Joe Flacco, uh, he's more than likely going to be released. We heard that uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to be released. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Flacco, I believe, was going to have a job next year. It's a matter of where. So I'm really interesting to see uh, what Flacco does. Because Flacco, I don't believe, is as bad as everybody thinks. He's actually a pretty good playoff quarterback. Yeah, uh, with his statistics and win loss record, so I think Joe Flacco could go to a team and 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 possibly make a, a lower end team, at least five hundred or a wild card team. What about uh, the Washington Redskins? They could be in the Joe Flacco market. So could the Jaguars. You know, absolutely. The yeah. Jags are built to win now. They can bring in you know Nick Foles, pair him back
1: up with Joe uh, Joe DiFilippo, or just bring in a Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, wh- 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 where do you think things changed with Joe Flacco? Cause it's, you know, he won the Super Bowl. He was the talk of the NFL. I don't think anybody ever felt that Joe Flacco was on a, you know, Brady Breeze level, but I think people, it was, it was kind of accepted that he's, this guy's a good quarterback. And then just ever since that Super Bowl, just kind of, and I know he got paid and overpaid. And I think that was part of it, but. You know, ever since then, it's just been this like gradual hate for Joe Flacco. Like the guy is basically a bum, and I'm just like, he's a good quarterback. Like,
0: well, at some point after he won that Super Bowl, there was that conversation of is Joe Flacco elite? And I think with the mainstream, once they hear that word elite paired with somebody and they don't play like it, they're a bum. And I just don't believe that's the case. I think Joe Flacco's a pretty good NFL quarterback. He's won, so I hope he gets another shot somewhere.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's a very, very good quarterback. He's not top. He's not top five. He's not top ten. But he's that next tier. You know, he's that next tier. He's in that. You know, uh, you know, if you want to rank him, I mean, he's, he's. I mean, I'm sure you can find ten better quarterbacks than him. But you know, other than that, I mean, he's in that Stafford level. He's better than Stafford to me. Probably he's not as talented as Stafford, but he's better. He's won a Super Bowl. He's went to the playoffs countless of times. I think he's a guy that if you if you have pieces around him, I think you could still win with Joe Flacco. The problem is you can't put Joe Flacco and a bunch of stiff's out there and then expect the Joe Flacco to be, you know, an All Pro. Like, and I think that was the issue with the Ravens a lot the last couple years is that the Ravens themselves went through a little bit of a turnover, and Joe Flacco's statistics and his numbers suffered because of that. Yeah. Um, you brought up Tannehill. Do you see anybody taking a chance on Tannehill? I mean, he's still. No. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll
0: be in the league. He'll be a backup, but I, I don't think he starts another NFL game.
1: Interesting with Tannehill. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I agree with you. I think I think he's a bum, but you know, there's teams. This court is a quarterback starved league. I could see somebody. Maybe saying, "Eh, you know, wasn't that bad with the Dolphins. Maybe we can. I think, I think, I think it's, I think it's possible he gets another chance to start somewhere. I think it's possible. Maybe. Maybe if somebody gets hurt. I, 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 I'd personally rather
0: have Tyrod Taylor, Teddy Bridgewater, and Jacoby Brissett over Brian, uh, Brian Tannehill starting a
1: game. I agree. I agree. I don't think Tannehill's shown you anything. In his career to, to, to constitute or even warrant another starting job. I'm just saying that there's teams that are gonna, you yeah, know, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe a change of scenery. He's out of Miami finally, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, the things that teams sell themselves and, you know, convince themselves of thinking. Our coach is gonna resurrect them, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, I think Tannehill is, is, is reached the end. Although I, I could see him probably getting another chance to start. Foles is the interesting one. Um, you know where do you I mean you brought up Jacksonville, um, any other suitors for Nick Foles?
0: I, I, I could say Jacksonville, maybe Washington uh, if the Eagles are, are willing to trade into, within division, which it's always tough. But if they're willing to pay and Washington, and Dan Snyder likes to overpay because we don't know, there's a very good chance that Alex Smith uh, his career is over. Or at least he's done for this season coming mm-hmm. up. Um. Nick Foles, uh Denver with Case Keenum, I believe is a free agent next year, so Denver's not really sold on Case Keenum. And I believe his is a contract they can get out of for this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think those are the three big teams that I think everybody's gonna talk about this offseason as far as quarterbacks. Denver, Jacksonville, and Washington. Those are the those are the three teams that are quarterback needy right now as as we as we see it as currently comes. Miami. Yeah, Miami. Yeah, Miami's another team. Um I guess if we could play uh, you know, association game, you know, give me a team give me the team in your prediction that's going to have Joe Flacco this year. Uh, gun to your head. Gun to my head. Team
0: that's going to have Joe Flacco. Jacksonville.
1: Hmm. Nick Foles.
0: Nick Foles, Miami.
1: Really, Miami? Huh. That's interesting. Uh, then what does Denver do? Draft.
0: Keenum. They draft. They draft somebody and use Keenum as their bridge. That's why they signed him to be mm. the bridge guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I, I see Foles in Jacksonville for some reason. I like that matchup for some reason. Well, that's
0: the, his offensive coordinator, Joe De- Yeah, well, yeah, DiFlippo, the yeah, so the that- there
1: too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I, I see Flacco in Denver. I see, see Flacco. I,
0: I, I actually see Flacco in Washington. I think I want Flacco in Jacksonville because if you think back when Flacco won that Super Bowl they were very much built like the Ra- like the Jaguars are yeah, yeah. really good defense good running game and
1: passable receivers i think Jacksonville's the fit yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I agree. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with anyone, uh, with any of these guys in, in any of those locations. I, I could see Denver with Flacco and I could see Denver with Foles too. I, I could see Denver being in a situation where I, I think they're going to want to get a quarter. Cause I think Denver's on, I think Denver still sees themselves as a win now team. And, and I think they're in a situation where can we really go into another year with just Case Keenum as our guy? Even if they draft a quarterback, um, you know, this quarterback class isn't the quarterback and we'll get into this quarterback class. But, you know, I don't I don't see Denver in a situation where they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're just going to go into another year with Case Keenum. I think if, if if anything, they might bring in some competition for Case Keenum. Right. Definitely competition. Yeah. Um. I, well, let's, let's talk about the Ravens. You know, we're talking about Flacco and possibly moving on. Are you sold on Lamar Jackson? Because I'm not. I got to be honest. I'm
0: sold on Lamar Jackson to an extent. I think he needs to improve as a passer. But I think the Ravens with a a good defense and they have a really good defense, possibly the best defense in the NFL or at least top three next to Dallas and, and St. Louis or St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams. Um, he needs to get better. I, I think he's definitely going to be the starting quarterback for the next couple of years, and they'll see where they go from there. But I think uh, John Harbaugh certainly knows what he's doing. And as long as they keep – you know, Ravens football was never sexy. Ravens football is ugly, and they win ugly, and they they get dirty. And I think he might be the perfect quarterback for the Ravens to succeed Joe Flacco. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it I know. seems like you know, Lamar Jackson fits the city of Baltimore. Like his playing style, he's mm-hmm. very like, you know, backyard street
1: ball and look how the Ravens play. And, and he, he galvanized there, that man. team. He galvanized that team. Gotta give him that. He he galvanized that team. That team was was, was kind of sputtering and, and he he gave him a jolt. He gave him a jolt. So you gotta give him that. I just I don't know if he throws the ball well enough. To be a long-term answer at that quarterback, situ- at that quarterback spot. I, I just don't, I don't trust him. Now he could get better, and if he gets better, then wonderful, but I, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't be so quick to get rid of Joe Flacco if I were them, but they've, they've kind of made their bed with, with, uh, with Lamar Jackson, so I think they're gonna have to, but obviously, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I trust Lamar Jackson long-term is, is the thing that I'm on.
0: Yeah, he's
1: another one of those players that need help. Yeah, yeah, he's going to need a lot of people pieces around him, but I just I don't know, it's just I I just watching him and then it was his first year, a handful of games, I, you know, so that's it's not always fair to grade that, but it's just I don't know. I just I wasn't impressed. I wasn't that impressed. I was impressed with his leadership and his and his ability to win. I just I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if I was a fa- if I was a Raven fan, I'd be very concerned about just you know shipping Flacco out of town and going all in with with Lamar Jackson but you know he's the guy so we'll see let's talk about this this uh this you know final thing we'll talk about the draft this year um I know you probably haven't had a chance to really get started in prepping for the draft I know you're probably moving on to that part now but um uh, you know where do you, you know how do you just just preliminary you know preliminary preliminary stuff right now but you know how do you see this draft playing out um you know obviously it's long been been discussed as a a big you know edge rusher and defensive line draft class not very high on the wide receivers or the quarterbacks in this draft class um what do you see this draft class playing out and specifically the quarterbacks obviously you've got uh Dwayne Haskins probably the number 1 quarterback in the class right now um, how do you, how do you view him? How do you view Kyler Murray? Cause he's, the, he's kind of the wild card in all of this. Um, what do you, what do you see out of those guys? And any other quarterbacks that have caught your attention just in just a little bit of watching, um, this draft class play out? You
0: know, I, I think Haskins is probably going to be the top quarterback. Kyler Murray, they, they say, He's not big enough, he's not tall enough. I can see him kinda of going almost to how Lamar Jackson did. Where he's like a fringe first rounder, maybe, you know, the later, you know, maybe um a, a team with the thirty thirty or thirty first pick, maybe a second round, but I definitely don't see Kyler Jackson going too high. But it could happen because it's a quarterback driven league.
1: Mm-hmm. Any other quarterbacks that stand out to you? I know the kid from Duke impressed a lot of people at the Senior Bowl. Um, Drew Locke is another name that a lot of people mention. Obviously, you got Will Greer. Um, any other quarterbacks that really, you know, it seems like every year there's a quarterback that comes out of nowhere and kind of rises up the boards. Is there a quarterback that is impressing you that, or that isn't getting a lot of buzz or a lot of love that you're just like, hey, you got to watch this guy. This guy's gonna be. This guy's got. This guy's got potential.
0: Um. Uh- I, I think Locke will be pretty good. I, I, I'm seeing rumors that the um, the Broncos might be interested in Drew Locke and if they would go that route and that means we're going to probably see Case Keenan for another year or yeah. at least he'll be on the roster because I think that's why they brought Keenum in on a two-year deal so they can go get a quarterback in the draft.
1: hmm I love Haskins. I've been impressed with Haskins. that guy's got he's got a great arm. He's got, you know, he's got, he reads defense as well. He's just, he's, he's got playmaking ability. He reminds me of a McNabb-like quarterback. Um, well, he's, he's got a little McNabb, Dante Culpepper in him um, in, 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 uh in Dwayne Haskins. I really like him. Um, I don't know if he's, you know, franchise altering quarterback, but I think he's a good quarterback prospect. I think he's a guy that's worthy of, of, uh, of the first quarterback going off the board. Um, I don't love Drew Lock. Eh, he's he's got talent, but he didn't win enough in Missouri for me. You know, and I, I yeah, I don't know about Drew Locke. You know, he's okay. He, he gets he has the measurables, but you know, he didn't win a I lot of games.
0: Be the second one off the board next to Haskins.
1: Really, Greer. Greer's a system quarterback. I'm not high on Greer. Daniel Jones, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of. You know, I, I mean, who, who watches a lot of Duke football games? So, you know, I haven't seen a lot to make a, a, a determination of him one way or another. Um, he did look good, good at the senior bowl for what, for whatever that's worth. So, you know, but, you know, Colin Murray's the, uh, to me, Colin Murray's the wild card because, you know, you gotta see what he does at his pro day. You gotta see what, um, I, I would assume he's not gonna do much in the, in the combine. Um, although you never know. Um, I think he's the wild. I think he's the guy out of all the quarterback prospects. I think he's the guy that can kind of, I I can see teams fall in love with him, and you know somebody you know overhype or several teams overhyping him. Can't you? Can't you see teams fall in love with Kyler Murray? You know the athleticism. You know the dual. You know the the hype around him. The two sports. All that stuff. I, I could see somebody maybe falling in love with Kyler Murray in the draft.
0: I think um, his pro day is going to tell us a lot because he is only 5'9", 195 so durability is going to be a question I I just don't see him, even if a team falls in love, that's when you see these teams trade back into the first round to Mm -hmm. get a guy like Kyler Murray I think he has a lot of the same questions, like I said before, Lamar Jackson
1: Yeah, yeah No, I I, I don't think it's
0: Tim Tebow Johnny Manziel,
1: like one of those type of quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I, I think he's making a mistake. If you ask me, I think he should have played baseball. I think he's too small, but, you know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic. Uh, Do if, if he, let's, let's just play this out. If he does get, let's say he gets, let's say he's the first pick in the second round, or some team trades in, trades up to 29 to get him. Do you see him sticking with football? Would it, would it constitute him saying, you know what, the hell with this baseball thing, I'm just gonna try it out, or, just play it out for me a little bit. Just you know, where do you see it playing out with the whole Kyler Murray and Willie? He, won't he?
0: I think it depends on who takes him. You know, what if the Patriots take him at the end of the first round and, and say, "Let's see what you have." I mean, if the Patriots draft you and say, "Listen, you could be Brady's successor," why not stick around?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. That's that's a very very good point. Any anything else from the draft? Anybody else? What's a prospect that maybe we're not talking about right now, but we should get to know come draft time?
0: What's that? You broke up there a little bit.
1: No, I was asking you. Um, any any anything else from the draft? What's a prospect that nobody's talking about? It doesn't have to be quarterbacks. Just any any prospect in general that maybe he's not getting a lot of love, but that you really like. That you know, come draft time, you're gonna be like, this is this is this guy. This guy needs to get a lot of buzz.
0: Now, I don't know if he's really – I don't know how much buzz he is or isn't getting, but I, I've taken a liking to Damian Harris. Uh, he's a running back. I think he um, is a fringe first-round pick, and I think he's falling under the radar when uh, David Montgomery is getting all the hype. I think David uh, Damian Harris could fall to a team like the Raiders. They have a couple of picks in the first round, and they do need a running back. So why not grab a guy with his type of upside uh, late in the first round?
1: What do you see about the other Alabama running back, um, Jacobs? Um, seems like he's kind of been the the darling of, of the running back class. A lot of people love him. Uh, do you like him as much as other people do, or, or are you kind of just not buying into the hype with him?
0: I don't know too much uh, about him right now. Hmm. You're talking about Joshua Jacobs?
1: Yeah the 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 other other Alabama running back because they have like I mean they have forty of them. So, <laughs> but the 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 two main ones are Harris and then um and um. And Jacobs, yeah, I forget his first name.
0: You know, from what I do know, I know he's a, a multi dimensional player. Uh, he's versatile. He could develop into a three down back. So the upside's there. I definitely think the upside's there. Hmm. All
1: right, man. Well, uh, it's a pleasure having you on the show again. Uh, before you go, please plug your podcast, your website, everything. Tell everybody where they can find you.
0: Now, you can follow my show uh, at the FF Face Off on Twitter, 3Fs, A-C-E-O-F-F, And you can also follow me on, on Twitter and all the other social media uh, platforms at The Real NFL Guru.
1: Awesome. And uh, just, to, just to have a, a record of this, you've got the Patriots 24, Rams 23.
0: Yes, yes, I do.
1: Alrighty. Well. We'll see. Somebody's gonna somebody's gonna be either very happy tomorrow with that prediction or very <laughs> upset with that prediction, uh, depending on if the if they betted on this or not. You know.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely taking the Patriots on that end, on the betting
1: end. Okay. Well, all right, man. Well, I appreciate you for joining me on the show. Uh, thanks, thanks always, a, always, a, always a pleasure to talk to you, man. You too. Yep. You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a Sunday morning sports conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean and all other podcasting services. Follow us on Facebook at Any Given Sunday, on Twitter at AGS Pod and on Instagram at AGS Podcast. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show. Thanks to Anthony for being my guest this week on the podcast and uh, make sure you guys follow him and follow his podcast, the fantasy football face-off. It's available anywhere you can find podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere where you can find podcasts for free. He's there. It's one of the best fantasy football podcasts out there, man. Those guys do great work over there. Him and his um, co-hosts, they're well-versed, not just in fantasy, but NFL news, rumors. Um, They're going to be getting ready to ramp up their draft coverage and free agency, so they're, they're Definitely one of the best um, fantasy podcast or uh, football podcasts out there. So, yeah, definitely give them a listen and uh, follow them as well um on social media um that's gonna be it for me today i will be back this is the first of two podcasts that i'm dropping this weekend uh i figured i'd do a traditional podcast you know the regular episode today give you guys a super bowl preview and then be back tomorrow with a super bowl post game show um we used to do it a lot back in the uh, tfp days i did it the first two years of tfp i didn't do it last year um because i had some uh um some scheduling conflicts just didn't have the time to do it so but i'm I'm definitely bringing it back this year i'm trying to have two guests with me i'm trying to have luke and i'm trying to have justin um i'm trying to see what their schedule looks like or what they're going to be doing if they're going to be if they're going to be shit-faced or not then i'll definitely <laughs> not have them on the show but um or i could have them on the show it could be entertaining having some shit-faced co-hosts uh it could be fun but nah um um if they can't do the show for whatever reason then I'll I'll definitely jump on the pod and uh you know either I'll be happy that the Rams won or I'll be despondent if the Patriots uh win so we'll see but uh thank you for listening thank you for joining I'll have this show up here in the next few hours um definitely try to have it before the end of the day um uh, so you guys can listen and get my official prediction I guess I got to give my official prediction on the pod. you know I I didn't I I failed to give my pick for the Super Bowl I'm going to go with Although I am rooting heavily against the Patriots, I'm going to go with Patriots over the Rams 27-24. I think they win on a last second field goal. Why not, right? Why not? Of course, they beat the Rams again on a last second field goal. So that's what I'm going to go. I'm hoping like hell that it's the Rams. I'm hoping like hell that it's the Rams. I hate the Patriots. You guys know that, but I just, I don't know. Brady's sipping the magic Kool-Aid. He's on the magic carpet ride again. I think they're going to win another Super Bowl. Gronk's going to go out on top. And unfortunately, we have to live through another Patriot Super Bowl. So, but hey. It is what it is. Hopefully, we're getting to the end of these. Hopefully. Hopefully. A guy can wish, right? But, yeah, that's my official pick and prediction for the Super Bowl. Um, I will be back tomorrow with the post-game show. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for supporting the show. There is no podcast without you guys, so thank you for listening and thank you. And make sure that you guys go follow Anthony on his show and follow him on social media, man. Um, as always, have a good Saturday night. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll be back tomorrow night with uh, the post-game show. All right? Peace. Serious, sir!